0: all right we've got a very special speaker coming up next uh and that is liz at liz is the international coordinator for 10 days uh she is involved in many many global prayer and missions networks. Um, and uh, so she's very involved with us. Um, she actually, it was her idea initially in 2019 to do a 10 days on Zoom. So we owe her for, for being together tonight. Um, so many more things I could say about Liz, but I don't wanna take any more of her time. So Liz, over to you, you have the floor thanks so much well it's good to be with you all uh tonight in a different position I've been enjoying praying with many of you through the days and evenings and listening to others share and again Gaylord and um, Derek powerful message really dovetails well with what I was hoping to share about so I'm gonna share my screen now and uh, I'm going to be talking about bridging the divide so Derek when you were Referring to, uh, I don't have need of you, boy. How many times we need to learn that lesson? Uh, We think all the bodies should look like us. We think it should be all eyes or hands or feet or whatever we are. (laughs) So um, you know, it's interesting when we uh, look at um, when we look at how God has uh, been moving and um, just the powerful things He's been doing. Uh, this is just an incredible time that we live in, isn't it? I mean the uh, to think about the convergence of prayer and missions uh, movements that has just happened uh, as far as I'm aware, just over the last few years, maybe four, five, maybe six years, it's been coming closer and closer. At this month, I think is is the apex of what I've ever seen so far. Um, But I want to talk about how we could cooperate with God in what seems to be happening. And I think part of that is him bringing the body together in that John 17 unity, as you've just been speaking about. So um, when we think about prayer movements and mission movements, I think they're two sides of the same coin. Uh, They both are essential to the growth of the church and the spread of the gospel, but they really... Uh, folks in those different movements can really have different perspectives and methods. Um, prayer movements, of course, focus on praying for the maturing of believers, for the spread of the gospel, the growth of the church. Mission movements are focusing on reaching out to people with the gospel, discipling believers, planning churches in new places. So think about these being like two rails on a railroad track, maybe parallel, but not super connected yet. But I think God's changing that. But I, you know, as I was thinking about this topic, uh, Luke 10, 38 to 42 came to mind, the story of Mary and Martha. You know, Mary was soaking in the moments with Jesus And Martha was expressing her love in her way. She was cooking and cleaning. Both of them were expressing love. Mary's choice was to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him teach, to be close to him. She wanted to be near him. She wasn't concerned about the details of the meal or making sure everything was perfect. She just wanted to be near him and to learn from him. Martha, on the other hand, I like to think she's She's expressing her love, her hospitality, her desire to serve Jesus by making sure he's comfortable, making sure he has whatever he needs. She's not content to just sit at his feet. She wants to do something. Now, I agree that she got perturbed and was irritated. And how often do we do that with other parts of the body of Christ when they're not doing what they think we think they need to be doing at this particular moment? But I think Mary and Martha are examples um how how we could understand maybe these two different streams of the body prayer movements and mission movements as we've said they both contribute so much to the spread of the gospel um we could go on i think a lot about each side um prayer movements i think help create this climate of spiritual openness and receptivity to the gospel prepare the way prepare the soil um Mission movements, of course, are are active on the ground to um, present the gospel in sensitive ways to deal with culture issues, to help believers grow in their faith. Um, I have to say that some folks have admitted to me that they have to get over the clobbering they often felt when uh, they heard folks in houses of prayer use Mary and Martha to describe the prayer and mission movements, but they seem to elevate the prayer movement over the missions movement. Maybe even implying that uh, if the mission movement could just get it right and slow down and just sit at Jesus' feet more, maybe everything would be solved. But I think this wrongly pits the great commandment and the great commission against one another. And I don't believe that was God's heart. I think there are actually Mary's and Martha's in both movements. I think prayer and mission movements both contribute to the spread of the gospel in different ways, but they often operate in silos with little communication or collaboration between them. That's certainly been the case in the past, although I think, praise the Lord, it's it's really changing. Um, but I think what we need to do is realize the missed opportunity it is if we don't learn how to collaborate. And so, this is going to be just some thinking about what that might look like. I think a better model, if we think about Exodus 17, 8 through 16, this is the story of uh, Joseph, um, not Joseph, Jos- uh, Joshua fighting the Amalekites down in the valley and Moses on the mountaintop, Aaron and her supporting his raised hands. There was intentionality and synergy between these groups. If you think about the um, Missions movement being represented maybe by Joshua in the valley and the prayer movement represented by uh, Moses on the mountaintop. Um, I think you can see my point is that the two were working together and Joshua was certainly fighting but the the turn of the battle was going according to whether Moses' hands were lifted or not. So the two were very dependent upon one one another. Moses could not have done it by himself on the mountain, certainly not. But Joshua obviously needed what Moses was doing. So um, as we're thinking about this, let's think about the, we've been hearing so much about Mike Bickle sharing and the Isaiah 62 fast. This is a great example of, where field teams are now quietly working in this spiritually charged atmosphere, reaping the harvest as many thousands and even millions of people are praying. And we've already heard from one key network that they were seeing a 15 times greater growth this year than they had last year. And I have to say, I'm sure it's on account of this close collaboration and the amount of prayer that's being poured in partnership. So think about synchrony of the two perspectives. I love the picture of the old sailing ships with the fellow in the crow's nest and the captain at the helm. Um, Synchrony is between the two perspectives. It's the ability to see the world from two different points of view and understand how they're related. It's a skill that's essential for communication, for collaboration and problem solving. So think now about prayer movements and mission movements. If you think about the prayer movement, perhaps being like the fellow in the crow's nest, he's bringing a perspective that the captain at the ship's helm can't see and needs. And the captain, of course, is steering. And the guy in the crow's nest cannot do that from where he is. But so they both need each other. Uh, Just like the prayer and mission movements, I believe they need each other to accomplish what God's calling us to do. It goes back again, Derek, to what you were sharing about. We can't say we don't need one another. We need what each of us have to contribute. Um, So how can we think about the prayer movements and the missions movements fitting together these diverse perspectives and giftings? Uh, You know, we thought about Mary and Martha. They were sisters, right? But yet their giftings were creating tension and and conflicting expectations in the situation. So it was important that they have understanding and trust and clear communication in order to collaborate well. Nobody told Martha that she couldn't stop and sit down. It was her own (laughs) being driven and to express her love. You know, I, I think I tend to be more of a Martha, honestly, than a Mary. And it's hard for me to stop and say, okay, maybe I need to not do something and I need to just be with Jesus. But I can also be the other side too, where I think, okay, I've been praying here now for several hours. Maybe I really should get up and actually. put something uh, in, in motion here. Um, so think about these, uh, these characteristics. Um, when we communicate effectively, we build trust and respect. And when we trust and respect each other, we're more likely to collaborate effectively. And then when we collaborate effectively, we can actually achieve great things. So thinking about how prayer movements and mission movements can learn to better communicate their goals and understandings their strategies in a way that they can actually work together. You know, it's almost as though they speak different languages. Uh, it's almost as though their understandings are so different that it's very, it's a cross-cultural situation in a very real way. So how can we see that overcome? Well, I think let's look at the prayer movements for a moment. Um, I think for those that are, oriented especially to engaging in prayer. In fact, I'm going to just take a minute, if you would, in your chat, um, maybe you can identify yourself maybe more with one than the other. Maybe you would say that you more identify with prayer movements or with uh, people that are oriented towards primarily praying. Or maybe you're someone that is gung-ho evangelist or disciple maker or church planner, and that's really your orientation, that that's what seems to make you tick and gives you energy. Just put a little note, either prayer or mission, or maybe you're neither. Maybe you maybe you haven't really figured out what your part is there. It's somewhere else. Maybe you're another part that's serving those others. Um, but thinking about this now, let's think about those uh, that would be coming, let's say more from the prayer movement side of things. Um, how can we work to better facilitate this convergence that I think God's bringing about? Well, one thing we can do is um, as we're praying together, whether it's individually or whether it's as a group, um, I've learned that it's very helpful if we record what we're hearing God speak, how he's having us pray, what scriptures is he highlighting to us? Um, We know, I think that especially this crowd, I would hope knows that prayer is really a two-way conversation. It's not us just throwing up requests before God and giving him our laundry list. It's coming before him in a love relationship and having conversations, listening to his heart, hearing from him. But uh, how many of us take the time to try to record what he's telling us? You know, if we were invited into the boss's office and uh, he asked us to come in for a meeting, Um, I would bet that we would take something with us, maybe our cell phone now and use uh, the note taking feature on our smartphone, but we would have a way of jotting down what our boss was asking us to do or um, maybe concerns he had. We would have a way of recording it. I think it's that kind of a thing that is important as we're going through our time of prayer, like I say, whether it's individually or as a group to record what we're hearing, because it's very easy when you've spent some time praying, you spend an hour praying, you don't always remember all the nuances of what uh, God has been guiding you to pray, the scriptures that have been shared, the pictures maybe that have come to mind. It's an important piece. We can record those things and then remember to praise God as we see the answers manifesting. I wanna show you an example um, this is from an on-site prayer team that had gathered in support of an, a missions meeting in Seoul, Korea, Ethne 2012. Uh, and there was a team of maybe about 30 to 40 people that were there uh, simply to support the gathering in prayer. So as they were doing that, we had a separate room and we had these um chart papers. And so we were using um, the chart papers, uh, little by little, this happened to be number 11 of the set, to record as we were praying, as we were worshiping and hearing the Lord, what we were hearing, how God was directing. And then we were invited, one of the uh, leaders of the team was invited to give reports periodically to the plenary meetings so that they could hear, okay, what's God speaking as we're working through the processes of meeting together. And then the entire set of these panels, once the meetings were done, was given to the leadership team so they could go back and review and take it into consideration along with what had been uh, discussed in the meeting. So that's one way uh, that you could share from a prayer group. This could work uh, whether you're praying online or whether you're praying in support of a specific missionary or missions team. So I wanna now think about mission movements. Um, mission movements, I think um, my husband and I were field missionaries for many years and kind of the traditional way of reporting to your prayer supporters and your financial supporters was maybe a monthly newsletter. Of course, back in the day, it was sent with a pen and paper, maybe typed out. Uh, and then computers came in. You can tell how old I am, that I've been around for a while. Um, but uh, more recently, people send email letters or they send MailChimp or something similar to that. But it tends to be a more generalized thing, maybe once a month. But I found that um, those that are working uh, on the evangelism, discipleship, church planting don't necessarily know how to communicate with their prayer support teams to help them to get insight, how to better pray. It tends to be pretty general. And granted now a lot of the missions work is in security sensitive areas where uh, it's difficult to be very specific. Um, But nevertheless, learning how you can listen to the Lord and look at what is happening around you, and um, pray, ask the Lord to show you how he sees your field. Write these things down. What barriers are you coming up against? What is God showing you for strategy or direction? Record these things, ask God questions, and then obey what he shows you. But then share this with those that are praying for you. Uh, Let me show you an example of this from the field side. This was a document that a field team had worked on. Uh, These were indigenous missionaries working in their own city. They had drawn a diagram of their city and they were recording where they found churches, where they found uh, idols, uh, where they found parts of the city that were more receptive and open to the gospel, where it was more resistant. And this would have been a very helpful tool, wouldn't it? If you were a prayer team praying along with them to even have a little uh, camera shot of this to be able to be able to look and then pray into the parts of the city, the parts of the community that were they were finding more difficult. If they had given us a list of the strongholds that they were encountering or the issues that they were running into, that gives you a lot of meat for prayer. But how many field teams understand how to communicate at this level? It's not too many. All right. So my uh, simple suggestion is recording uh, in journals or however it looks. It might be diagrams uh, and exchanging with your partners, whether they're on the mission side, the field side, or whether it's on the prayer side. And on a regular basis, you know, we, we um, Jonathan and I originally met um, trying to do a project that eventually got called Inherit the Nations where we were trying to pair a praying community with a field team. And his goal I think was 50, I think we got something like 66 pairings. And it was a very interesting experience because this is where I discovered, okay, People don't necessarily understand, even though we tried to explain, communicating to one another, it didn't really come across, but the ones that actually did and communicated regularly like weekly or biweekly, they saw breakthroughs within the first month or two, there were dramatic breakthroughs. So um, I am excited to see what is happening now As we have this much closer collaboration with folks that are working on the field, prayer is happening for those areas where they're working and for their work and for Israel. And there are people on the ground at Israel. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do as we see this much closer convergence. So prayer and mission together. This is a comment that came to me from uh, a very dear friend, a lot of you may know Curtis Sargent, and um, I really agree with him. I, I I know that normally you don't put all this kind of writing on a slide, but I think it's worth it to hear his thought here. And I think ultimately this is where God is taking us. He said, "There's absolutely no need for this to be an either-or proposition. A field team might have someone who's also on a prayer team." Prayer leaders can be called to engage directly in outreach, discipleship, church planning. What we hope and dream for is that this is true at the individual level. Everyone can grow to be a person of serious prayer who's contributing to advance the kingdom. What God shows us in prayer is intended to have an impact on how we live and serve. And how we live and serve grows out of our regular growing intimacy with Jesus in prayer and worship. If we're always only listening and never living out what he's showing us, we're deficient. If we're serving from our own wisdom without continually listening to the Lord for guidance and direction, we'll be unfruitful and likely even to do a lot of damage. If we grow mature in both sides of the coin individually, then our teams will also be more balanced. This will also reduce the silo effect. This does not negate the fact that some people are more wired, gifted, or passionate to one side or the other. But it should help us seek to grow up into all respects, into the image of Christ. And I think that's what we've been talking about, really, and what God's heart is, that each one of us would grow up into the fullness of what God's called us to be. So my question to you is, how is God calling you to respond? Have you thought about these kinds of things? Have you run into this kind of issue um, as you've tried to work with field teams or with prayer teams. Um, I'd love some feedback. Maybe you can put some in the chat and maybe some of you would like to unmute and just share brief. We've just got a few minutes left, a couple of minutes, but maybe we could have a little bit of feedback. Thanks, Liz. Uh, Really appreciate you sharing on this. And uh, I'm uh, I'm personally praying, uh, I'm probably more of a doer, uh, but I'm really praying, and in fact, I'm meeting every day of the ten days with a ten days group here. But I'm praying for more, just a fresh release of the Spirit of intercession and prayer for my life. Um, I, I, did, I want to. Um. Anyway, that's my heart right now. But we do. I mean, it's very clear from what you're saying. We need both tracks. We need Amen. both tracks. So thank Amen. you. Yeah, I think, you know, the. I think it's a struggle either way. I think all of life, God calls us into a real balance, isn't it, between it's not one extreme or the other. It's a walk in between. But I think there's a place of learning how to abide in that love you talk about so that we're walking continually in a conversational relationship with God. Dallas Willard calls it a conversational relationship. And I love that where we can get to the point that we're continually aware of God interacting with us and us interacting with God through whatever we're walking, but also having that time alone and quiet uh, and also with a group. I think one of the areas that the body of Christ really can grow in, I think overall we're growing in listening prayer a lot. But corporate listening, I think, really has a long way to go where we can together as a group hear what God speaks to us as a group. I think Acts 13 is a great example of that, where they heard the Holy Spirit saying, set apart for me, Saul and Barnabas for the work, Paul and Barnabas for the work of the ministry. That obviously was a situation where it's a group of people corporately hearing from God. And I think that's a real area of growth.